Yeah, that's true. We don't have a name for our little podcast yet. Um, well, we don't have anyone listening. It's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just wanted to try this out, see how it goes, because <laughs> I like our conversations. I think they're very beneficial for us growing together as a married couple. And um, I guess I've just, I've learned over the years that unfortunately that's not the case for every married couple. You know, not every married couple, I guess, converses as much as we do. Yeah, you know that statistic that's like, what is it, like the average parent only sees their kids or or only has quality time with their kids for like 10 minutes a day or something, something ridiculous like that. Well, yeah. So that's what I'm going to compare it to real quick is that like it, you hear that and that sounds like insane. You know, you're raising another human being and you're only spending like 10 minutes a day. But then when you're in the thick of it, it's like, well, yeah, duh. Cause they're off at, you know, the state run institution all day. No, I'm sorry. I shouldn't. <laughs> we shouldn't get into that conversation just yet. Not um, yet. <laughs> yeah, it'll happen. Maybe. Um, Probably. So no, no, no. But just like because that's the that's the national average, and it sounds ridiculous on this side. But then I, I'd imagine you know our oldest is only almost two, so it's not like we know. Um, but as they get older, they just have their own lives, and so it's more difficult. That's true. Anyways, I'm just comparing that to marriage because like if you step back and think about how much time we spend together, like, yes, we're married and we've been married for eight years, but, um, we also have two kids now. And it's like, it's crazy to look back on the week and just be like, Oh man, yeah, we've had a couple little conversations, but like, we haven't really sat and talked in a while, which for, well, I'm just saying like anyone who's single, you'd think like, Oh, well, um, you know, I'm married. You're going to get married to your best friend. So you're always going to be talking or it's going to be like a dating relationship where you spend every minute together. Uh, That's not every dating relationship, but that was our dating relationship. Um, That's how we got together. (laughs) Yes. So, but that changes over time. So anyways, that was my comparison. I don't, I feel like I'm rambling, but I'm just saying like when you're in the thick of it, it's a lot more, um, difficult. Or, excuse me, it's a lot easier to just kind of live life and let let the conversations happen as they go and not be intentional about, like, right. hey, we should talk right. about something And that used to beneficial. be an issue for us. Yeah. But we, we, made it, we made it very intentional after going through some crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Realizing that it was very important. Um, and so... Now we're on the other side of that where it's just natural and, you know, habitual now just to talk to each other about whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say we're a lot more open, but I I think there's, I mean, in my case, at least there's still a part where I need to be intentional about that. Like it doesn't yeah, we are necessarily very different in that way. <laughs> always come naturally. Yeah. And I'm sure that I'm definitely more open. <laughs> I'm sure as we talk more about things that that'll be. Um, a reoccurring theme <laughs> is that I'm much more just like kind of go with the flow. And so like if I um, want to make something important, I have to be intentional and set time aside. Um, anyways. Where I'm, I'm a lot more in your face about things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Not Which always is, in a good way. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, but you 
complete me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I just made a reference to a movie I've seen the, like once. <laughs> you just did the little um, <laughs> motion. Oops, I yeah. just hit the microphone. Um, anyways, no, it's, uh, yeah, I think where my weaknesses are, some of them are your strengths. And so that helps and vice versa. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Like you're a ton more laid back than I am, which has thankfully rubbed off on me. And I'm not as uptight as I, yeah, you just made that little smile because you're thinking about a sex joke, aren't you? I wasn't going to say them <laughs> here into the microphone. Well, we're married, whatever. <laughs> so. Anyways. So, yeah, that's, so all, all of that to say that that's, that's why we wanted to do this podcast is just to show other married couples that, you know, conver having conversations is really important and I'm putting an emphasis on that and making it intentional and making your marriage as, as great and as Christ-centered as it can be. So Yeah. In in one aspect, like growing together is yeah. very important because you will naturally just grow and change. Um, and you don't want to wake up in, you know, three years and be a completely different person and not know your spouse, you know, cause if you're like me and, and you're just kind of go with the flow and, uh, you may not even realize it, you know, if you're pretty chill and if nothing's wrong, I know in my case often, if nothing's wrong, then everything's great. Like if you don't let me know that something is wrong, I'm just like, oh, well, we're great. We don't need anything extra. But it's like, no, I should be making, I should be putting more priority on our marriage than I do. Hmm. I feel like you do a pretty good job. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I, I just, know, you know, there have been times where like I didn't know anything was up mm -hmm. until. Oh, well, yeah. You can't read my mind. I can't read your mind. Yeah. Yeah. But it's. That's I'm why saying, talking is so important. Exactly. <laughs> that's all. That's all that I'm saying. That's it. Um. So yes. Uh. So with this podcast, uh, we don't really have uh one specific topic in mind. I guess we'll just be talking about whatever we usually talk about, which a lot of the time is theology or um whatever's going on in the world or something interesting that we read in a Facebook group because way there are there are way too many Facebook groups. They're great, but there are way too many of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, the ones that I'm still a part of are great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are a lot that aren't so great. And you just leave those. Yeah. Um but so there was something really interesting that I read earlier on in the week um and I, i'm a part of this group called calvinism theology versus the rest of christianity and by the way we are calvinists um just to clear the air there uh but yeah. i do find the title of this group to be incredibly pretentious <laughs> uh, yeah i was gonna break in like uh, you mentioned it this morning and i was just like that group name it sounds like it was made by someone who just wants to start fights <laughs> like a stage cager yeah you would say cage stage oh yeah there you go cage stager yeah 
my bad. But yeah, it. I mean, that does not sound like it's there to be beneficial. Like it's literally versus the world. Yeah. Like, well, well, okay. it's funny because when I when I first saw the group, I was like, oh, cool. Like you know, a debate group. I could learn so much from this with lots of Scott Pilgrim references. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. And then, you know, became a part of the group and started looking at the posts. And I'm like, oh, this is just people being antagonistic and arguing, (laughs) unfortunately. Not all the time. Some people do have genuine questions. But the majority of the time, it is just people posting, quote unquote, gotcha questions or just being antagonistic. Joan gotcha. I knew that's what you were thinking because you smiled. (laughs) There was anyone named Joan posting in there? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I haven't been a part of it for too long. That was a Parks and Rec reference for anyone who doesn't (laughs) know. There are going to be lots of references. Sorry. That's who we are. (laughs) Not sorry. Uh, I was looking, or this post specifically popped up on my timeline. Um, He said, and this is totally like one of those sort of quote-unquote gotcha questions, or it seems like he thinks it's a gotcha question. Anyways, he says, Calvinists, was it the Father's will and decree to destroy thousands of people's lives and homes in Houston? Would that be a yes from you? (sighs) So my first thought was yes. (laughs) That was just my first thought. Um, Yes, that would be a yes from me. And I... I didn't comment or anything. I just read a few of the comments and just sort of went about my day. You know, some people were like, well, yeah, haven't you read the book of Job? And But then I got to thinking about it a little bit more later in the day. And there, there is a huge, well, there are a few big problems with this question. Um, one, though, is that if it is not the Father's will and decree, to destroy thousands of people's lives and homes in Houston, then what caused it? You know, and, it, yeah. and when when people were commenting, he he had commented um, or he responded to some comments. Um, basically, his view was that um, Satan brought this about, which okay, Satan does bring about a lot of horrible things, but if you're saying that this wasn't the Father's will and decree but it was the Satan's will and decree and that God didn't want this to happen, then essentially you're saying that God doesn't have power over what Satan does. Yeah, or that Satan is more powerful than God. Right. Or that God just doesn't care if Satan kills people. Which is it's yeah. a big problem. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and you know, someone mentioned, have you read the book of Job? Which is a great thing to bring up, because if you read the book of Job, you know, Satan brings a, he does do all these horrible things to Job, but only through God's allowance of it. Mm-hmm. He has to ask God's permission to do these things, and yeah. God gives him permission. Yeah. Um, and also if you read any of the prophetic books, God brings about a whole lot of destruction. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, and, and he's the same God throughout all of scripture. So why, why would that change? It wouldn't, it wouldn't change. 
So, yeah, the book of Job, any of the prophetic books. And it's funny because I was reading in Amos uh, this morning, Amos chapter 3, verse 6, just to give a little bit of uh, context before I read the verse. Um, The previous chapters, 1, 2, and 3, are talking about um, God's judgment against, um, well, a whole lot of people, people who are against the Israelites and the Israelites themselves, um, the na- neighboring people of the Israelites. So uh, this specific chapter is talking about uh, Israel's guilt and punishment. And uh, verse 6 says, Is a trumpet blown in a city and the people are not afraid? Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? And this is God talking. So I read that, and it's funny because actually someone posted this very same verse in the group this morning. Uh, But I was like, boom, like right there. Like God is the one that brings about disaster. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, Satan can do it too, but only through the Father's will and decree. Yeah. So ultimately, yes, it is God's will and decree that this horrible hurricane happened. Yeah. And that may seem, like at first glance, that sounds like God is a horrible God and he's he hates us or whatever you can tack on whatever you want to on there but that brings about another issue with this question which is the view of man because ultimately if you think that god shouldn't have brought this upon these people then you have too high a view of man because even though yes we are created in the image of god god is our creator and he is just and doing whatever he wants to with us. Ultimately, because there is no good in us whatsoever, and all of us deserve destruction and damnation, and it's only through his grace that we don't. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's this idea of of like fairness and how God should be fair to everyone. Yeah. Or because, because I don't want to kill someone that means that god shouldn't ever have a reason to kill someone right when you're not in the position of god and you can't see the end from the beginning um i mean that yeah there's a lot here um and especially like right off this last weekend with the hurricane in houston uh you know he he was kind of getting at that with the question is like you know this fresh kind of wound um, because you see friends and family, especially us, since we're in Texas, mm-hmm. um, you know, we see a lot of it, but I'm sure all throughout the country of like people evacuating their homes. And, and I think the death toll is up to 10 at the moment. Um, but there's just like devastation. No, I, thought it was, I thought it was in the hundreds. Really? Oh, is that just Houston then? Because I had read 10 confirmed. Maybe that's just in Houston. Yeah. But there there's were a lots lot of, of coastal other, cities. Yeah. yeah that's neighboring true. That's true. Cities um, that were hit really hard. Yeah. Even so, worse than Houston, though. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, 
but where was I going? Okay, so so with that, I, I think what needs to happen also is you need to step back and kind of define your terms. Mm-hmm. So his question is, was it the father's will and decree for this to happen? Well, we need to make sure that both of us, when we say will and decree, are talking about the same thing. So as someone who believes that God... Um, wills all things that happen we have to also understand that god's will is different than man's will in that um hmm, how can i explain this there there is a, a a will of god that says that he wills all to be saved you know um in a sense that is what god wants that's what he wills um, but in another sense, he wills that some are not saved, that some perish, because that is his decree that he sets um, for his own purposes, for purposes that we can't understand. So we have to we have to realize that there are two, at least two different wills of God. I think that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, something that like that that has helped me kind of understand that more is putting it in the context of parenting. So when your child does something wrong, you, so your will for your child is always to, you know, there's, there's a sense in which you always want your kid to be happy, right? You know, we do things so that Ollie and and Josie are happy when we set up the pool today. (laughs) Exactly. So that, so that they can have a great time and you did. And I love it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But so we always want them to be happy. We always will that they would be happy. But when Oliver disobeys, we have to punish him. We have to let him know that what he is doing is wrong for his ultimate good. And so there's also a part of us that though we always want them to be happy, we also want them to be punished to see that what they did was wrong. Mm-hmm. So even in us, we have opposing wills going on. Yeah. Our, you know, we, we want him always to be happy, but we will um, inflict temporary punishment for his good. Right. God sees all things, sees things that we can't understand. So when he does something, even though it looks like it's wrong to us, we don't know what God is doing in that. Right. Um, so just like Oliver doesn't understand why, um, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to think of something, but he doesn't understand like why you would smack his hand when he goes to reach for the oven or something like that. Um, because, you know, why would you hurt me? Because we are those children to God. We don't mm-hmm. understand what he's doing. We don't know the big picture. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And as you said, we deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, we're sinners and we deserve destruction. It's mm-hmm. a grace that we're even uh, blessed with, you know, the things that we are. I mean, blessed that we live in 2017 and have like computers and, and cars to be destroyed through hurricanes, you know, like that alone is a blessing. Sometimes it can be a hardship yeah. when you have to take a car in, but, um, but even, you know, it's, it's a blessing. And um, now I'm rambling. Where was I going with that? <laughs> so, yeah. So the will and decree of God, he's using the two words. And so um, 
hopefully he understands what he's talking about. But yeah, so the, so the will and the decree are kind of the two wills of God. He does will good for all people because he loves us, but he also decrees calamity like this. Um, and yeah, you see it all throughout the Old Testament. Um, it was something the that, flood? Yeah. <laughs> well, what came to mind for me was Pharaoh and Egypt oh, yeah. under the, um, under the, or excuse me, when the Israelites were under Egyptian rule. Like the plagues that God brought on Egypt, um, even though Pharaoh was the one who had a hard heart, which as you pointed out earlier, the God, it says that God hardened his heart. Mm-hmm. But even though it was him who was hardened, still the people of Egypt were the ones kind of reaping the consequences along with the Pharaoh. So um, I, I think in particular the last plague of the death of the firstborn son of every family, like how horrific would that have been to wake up in the morning and know that all these people had died. Mm -hmm. Like the heir to each of these families had died. Like what a terrible thing that is. Well, and Pharaoh had done that to the Egyptians. He killed to the Israelites or sorry. Yeah. To the Israelites killing every son. Yeah. Who was born. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, we even see there that he deserved it. Mm -hmm. You know, he deserved what happened. Um, And I don't say that coldly, you know, my, our firstborn is is a boy. You know, we have a firstborn son. I can't imagine something like that happening. Um, but it was it was the will of God. God decreed that to happen so that the Israelites could be saved. So that you know, ultimately, so that Jesus could come through that line mm-hmm. of Israel and come and redeem all people. Um, not not in a universalist sense, but all people in that, all that he came <laughs> to save. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but I'm sure I'm going to mess up things. So feel free to, to, I, I don't know, reach out to us somehow and, and troll <laughs> us about how I wasn't a hundred percent orthodox in what I said, <laughs> whatever. This is my conversation. If you don't like it, you can leave. <laughs> So yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, well, something else that came to mind um, when you were talking about how how it's God's will and how um, we deserve it was also in Luke, um, where Jesus here. I'll I'll just go ahead and read it. Um, so Luke thirteen says there were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices, and he answered them, uh, oh, no, okay, so, so this is the wrong one. <laughs> Let's jump, okay. Oh, no, okay, okay, let me pick it up again. <laughs> Genius. Okay, he answered them, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Um, So that is talking about um, a recent calamity that happened to Jesus' day. You know, the, who was it? Uh, There were some at that very time. So, I don't know, I was going to say Pharisees. I don't know that those were necessarily Pharisees, but there were people who came to Jesus and 
referenced something terrible that happened. A tower fell and it killed 18 people. Um, and what does Jesus say? He says, you know, their, their question is a little different. Their question is not, did God cause this to happen? But their question is, did God cause it to happen because these people were worse sinners? Hmm. And Jesus says, no. Boom, prosperity <laughs> no, gospel. You are just as bad as those people. If you don't repent, you will likewise perish. Um, so yeah, we all did. I mean, yeah, when, when things like this happen, it's a reminder that we don't deserve any good. It's a reminder that um, just like the people who've lost their homes in Houston, I mean, we deserve much, much worse. Oh, yeah. So um, praise be to God that we have his grace, that he has chosen to not allow those things to happen to mm-hmm. us. It's pretty awesome. And even if it were to happen, that didn't mean that, <laughs> that wouldn't mean that God wasn't being gracious. Yeah. Yeah. Or that God loves you any less. No, he's just doing something that you can't see. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else you wanted to talk about? I don't know. Um, the Nashville statement. I mean, if you want to <laughs> go into that, I don't know. <laughs> no, I just thought it was interesting that you brought up the other day that someone had posted in the pub how, uh, what it, what did he say? Something like it wasn't necessary yeah that it's unnecessary because of the westminster catechism i'm I'm a little confession yeah yeah westminster confession of faith so um gosh josie so she doesn't cry but keep talking okay i hope you can still hear me um so yeah basically it 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 just hit me it's just kind of sad to me. So this Nashville statement is from the, um, what is it? The biblical council on manhood and womanhood, something like that. I don't remember the name of the group, but they just released this statement and it is, it is structured like a, like a confession basically, because it has multiple articles and I just skimmed over the first article. So I don't even know everything that it says. And apparently it goes into more detail as it goes on. So, um, you know, shame on me for not taking the time to actually read it. But what I did read, I was like, okay, this is good. And people are um, getting upset. Okay, so what I was saying is that I'm, I'm just kind of sad. It kind of irks me that it's being denounced from both sides. So the first time that I heard about it was people on Twitter who were complaining about it and saying that the people who wrote it are completely full of hate for, um, LGBTQ plus R S T V. Um, (laughs) you know, whatever, whatever acronyms are added on there because it's already grown since I first heard the acronym. Yeah. I think a Um, and I are on there now. too. Yeah. There you go. So I apologize. I don't, I don't mean to be flippant. I just mean like I can't keep track of everything. But that's what the plus is for, right? Is there an asterisk? Anyways, I should stop joking. Um, so it's getting a lot of flack from anyone who is um, what the culture calls affirming. You know, anyone who says that there is absolutely nothing wrong with um, any type of sexuality that you want to have, um, barring whatever they decide is not that like incest for now Which scripture would say otherwise yeah so 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's just getting a lot of flack in kind of the broader culture. In fact, the, even the, the mayor of Nashville has denounced it saying, you know, us here in Nashville, we don't believe that. So they shouldn't have even called it the Nashville statement. Well, it's, it's weird to me that it's even shocking or surprising that this would happen. Like historical Christianity has had this view for hundreds and hundreds of years, like Going back to Thousands. the beginning. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Going back to the beginning. Like, why Why is this surprising at all? Like, yeah. why is anyone upset about this? Yeah. Like, I don't get it. And also, like, saying that it's unnecessary. Well, I, I agree in the sense that we shouldn't have to make a statement like that because people should just should know <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's Jesus what Christians himself, believe. Yeah. yeah. He says that God created them male and female. Exactly. Like, don't you know your own scriptures? Like, but, I mean, he's, he's pretty straightforward. Yeah. About but it. it obviously is necessary because you even have people who call themselves Christians. Maybe they are. I don't know. I don't claim to know who is saved and who is not. Um, but people out there who claim to be Christians who are, Affirming these types of things, mm-hmm. uh, LGBTQA or IA or whatever, um, and you know, condemning the Nashville statement. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously, it is necessary because these Christians are setting themselves apart from the other ones who are affirming. Yeah, like obviously, it's not. It's not. Christianity isn't something you can look at anymore and be like, oh, I know what you believe. Because so many people claim the word Christian when they're not even really an Orthodox Christian. Right. Right. Yeah. Especially in in like the bigger, you know, if you don't make a statement then uh, on sexuality, then more people are going to accept you as a Christian. You know, I mean, it just, it, Anyways, so um, that's kind of putting the cart before the horse. Um, so what I was saying was that it, I, I just found it sad. So the, the statement was released from what I read. I think, you know, I think it's good. I think it's good to clarify the position yeah. of of evangelicals in America. I mean, primarily in America, but whoever. Um, and putting that out there. And then from the from the broader culture you're getting pushback well then i you know on a facebook group i just saw someone who had written a blog post about how uh, what you were saying about how it's unnecessary to release something like this because um sexuality is already defined um as between uh, biblical sexuality is between a man and a woman who are married and that's the only context in which God approves of it. And um, that the Westminster Confession has already said that. And because the church has written the Westminster Confession, uh, you know, the church broadly, you know, you can define that how you want to, uh, that it's unnecessary for another parachurch group to put out a statement like this. Because, like, why, why would you just put out the Nashville statement when you would, why not just affirm the Westminster. Um, so I, and while I get that argument, I just kind of roll my eyes. It just makes me sad that like, 
the broader culture, you know, the secular culture who doesn't have the standard of the Bible. Oh, goodness. Josephine. Pushes back on this. <laughs> Josephine's just over here smiling at me. <laughs> um, they're pushing back. And then on the other side, you have like the very conservative, like theologically conservative people pushing back on it as well. So it's just kind of like, to me, that just sucks. Like, mm-hmm. it, it sucks that you can't just kind of put away your own. Um, like these people are standing up for biblical Christianity, yeah. for God's word. Why are you condemning it? Yeah. Or at least give it time. You know, it's like the yeah. day after it's released, you're just like, no, this is not good. It's like, well, but you agree with everything that's in it. Yeah. You just don't like that it wasn't your church denomination that put this out. So it just, and, and I get it. Like, I get the argument. I'm not saying the argument is wrong. I would disagree with the argument because I don't think um, biblically it holds up. But that's a whole other topic. What I'm what I'm saying is just that, it, yeah, it just sucks that like the you're getting pushback from both sides, even from people who would agree with what is actually written in it. So it's just this weird, like, it just made me sad. That's all. It made me sad because I think um, the statement is bold and you need to, yeah, in, in a day and age when you need to define sexual, biblical sexuality, that um, it sucks that, that people would push back against it, even though they agree with what it says. That's all. Yeah. I feel like I've said the same thing like six times in a <laughs> row. I'm just saying it, it just kind of makes me roll my eyes like why not so this is maybe i'm nitpicking now but i come as a christian i i try and find unity with other christians instead of trying to find where i disagree yeah if that makes sense so if i agree with something another christian says like even if i don't agree from where it comes from if that makes sense. I don't, I don't know. It, it just seems weird to me to bicker over like uh, church denominational politics when you agree with, instead of just finding unity and saying, yes, like we can band together and agree that what this says is true. Yeah. Instead you're saying, oh, well this didn't need to be put out like this. Um, you know, even though I, even though I agree with it, um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 spinning my wheels here. I'm sorry. I'm saying the same thing over and over again. It's not good conversation. But yeah, those are my thoughts on at least that that portion of the Nashville statement. I, I mean, I think it's a good thing. I, yeah, it is crazy. Like you said, it's crazy that there are so many people that are so up in arms there about it when it's what the church has always believed. Yeah always exactly. <laughs> and it's just because the culture has changed here yeah. in america recently within the last few years that they're just like people just want to be mad about something yeah well and it's crazy to me too because i've read more of the rebuttals than i have of the actual nashville statement and the things that they equate with what the statement is saying it's crazy to me that they can say that because I disagree with the actions that people are taking that therefore I am full of hatred for those people. 
I get on the one hand that like it's often politicized when someone does something out of hate to an individual who um I'm I'm trying not to use the culture's terms, but basically someone who would claim to be a part of the LGBT community when they are um like physically assaulted or when someone uses just horrible hateful language against them. Like I get I I would denounce that. You know, I I do yeah, denounce like that is wrong, okay? Um, and I get that that's, <laughs> yeah, it, and I get that it's political, right, like, Nazis are bad, right? That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Oy. Um, yeah, of course, uh, of course, I would, I would say that violence against someone that you disagree with is never right. I mean, you know, if you're talking about war, that's a totally different subject. I'm saying, like, person to person, like, you disagree on something, like, violence don't is not the answer punch. yeah exactly like don't be a jerk bro um sorry i'm trying to define everything i'm saying and it's kind of weird it's good um, to be clear. but uh where was i going so i get from from one standpoint like that's your reaction is because because you've seen westboro baptist church wave flag wave vile flags at funerals <gasps> that so that frustrating. your reaction is like well you hate me but that's not the position of the church and that is not the position of what the statement is saying at least from what i have read the statement is not saying so so the rebuttals are saying things like all people are made in god's image uh, don't you know that and I, yes i agree with that and i agree with the nashville statement i agree that all people are made in the image of god and no all people Exactly. All people have inherent worth, regardless of the sin that they commit. I completely agree with that. So like when you state that at the beginning of your rebuttal, you're not disagreeing with the Nashville statement because it wasn't written to, it wasn't written out of hatred. It wasn't written to demean anyone that has that struggle. It was written to say, the Bible says this is wrong, you know, um, I've struggled with my own sexual issues and that doesn't make me less of a person. Um, like I'm in the same boat as anyone who struggles with, with any of those issues because my sin is like, because we are all broken and Mm -hmm. because we all have sin. That's what I'm saying. Um, we can get into a whole conversation of, you know, the, the severity of sin, but but we won't do that right now. Um, <laughs> what I'm saying is, is it, it's just crazy to me that someone would think that, that the statement which says these acts are wrong. Is some sort of attack. Exactly. Is an attack on a specific people because the culture sees this so ingrained in you as a person. And that's why I don't want to use their language. That's why I don't want to call someone a gay person Mm -hmm. because I don't think it has to do with who they are as a person. I think that like that their struggle with that, that their tendency toward that sin is not a part of them as a person, even if they would see it that way. Um, I think it's some, it's the actions that they're carried out. Of course they're enslaved to their sin, just like everyone is Mm -hmm. before you have victory in Christ. Um, 
again, that's, that's a whole other conversation. We can take this down <laughs> another road. We can take this down, but, um, I guess what I'm trying to say, it, it's just crazy to me the way that, um, the way that the rebuttals speak about the hearts of the people who wrote the Nashville statement. It's How like, do you know their hearts? It, it, you exactly. Don't know their hearts. Exactly. It's like we, we denounce any form of hatred. Yeah, I, I agree. You're not supposed to hate. Um, but it's not hateful whatsoever. Exactly. To say that God has said that these like, acts are wrong. It's actually not loving to allow them to continue in their sin. Exactly. It's not loving to sit there and not call them to repentance and mm-hmm. not give the gospel to them and yeah. not tell them that they are in sin and that, you know, they need to repent and turn to Christ. That is not loving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because you are. Well, you're affirming their sin. I mean, that is the culture's language. But yeah, you're affirming their sin. You're affirming what is sending people to hell. Yeah. Like you are affirming their sinning against a holy God, mocking the good gifts that God has given them. And I say they and them, like I'm in that same boat in different ways. Homosexuality is not what specifically is not what sends you to hell it's <laughs> it's your sinful heart not exactly. having the gospel not having christ in you right and if you don't denounce what the the works of that sinful heart is like then that's yeah that's not loving that's that's it's being lazy cow- it's 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 raising the white flag and saying no this is this is too hard to fight this is too hard to to go against so it must be right and god would never have me fight this fight because he you know allowed for this sin to to be a part of my life like it it's so backwards if you don't have the christian worldview like if you don't have the bible as your ultimate authority And, and that's that's the issue isn't it like there's just they don't see scripture as infallible or um, uh, sufficient. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. And I would say they don't have a high view of scripture, period. Yeah. Because that, that, so there's a lot that goes into that. One is definitely like the inerrancy and sufficiency of scripture. So does scripture actually, um, say something about every area of my life like if that's out the window and you say like well science trumps the bible okay okay so that's the issue there is the sufficiency and inerrancy of scripture but there's also a group of um people who would call themselves christians again like you said i don't know their heart you know so whether they are or not that's that's between them and god Mm -hmm. but a group who would say that Oh yeah, we believe that the Bible is is inerrant. Like we completely believe the Bible and it talks about this. But they twist the scriptures to say what they want them to say. Mm-hmm. And so they explain away passages that talk about homosexuality. And I would say that they do not have a high view of scripture because they are not interpreting the scripture the way that it was written and the way that it was meant to be interpreted. Right. They're putting their own 
idea into it. Exactly. Like they don't want to, like they kind of decide on the... Um, they bring their presupposition to scripture. Right. They don't get their presupposition from scripture. Exactly. Exactly. And so then they attempt to explain away these passages when really they're just trying to justify their own ends um, and, and kind of skirting these issues under the rug. So, so I would say that this whole thing is just not having a high view of scripture because it takes like, it takes work to interpret the scripture properly. It does. Like, <laughs> I mean, it, it takes the Holy spirit certainly. Oh yes. <laughs> so, so praise be to God that we even can just by like popping open the scripture and reading it, that we can even understand it. But I'm saying like the, yeah, it's easy to twist scripture if you don't if you're not trying to seek what god is actually saying in Mm -hmm. it like if you don't have a high view of scripture that says that this is like i am under scripture scripture is above me and so i don't have a say in what this says i just have to take it and and understand what it says not that i can like mold it into what i want it to be yeah so so i mean it's a whole it's a whole bigger issue um, just because I know there, I mean, on my Twitter feed, there are Christians, um, there are celebrity Christians who um, talk about how, yeah, how, who are using the culture's words LGBTQ plus affirming. And that it breaks my heart, you know, it that tells me that they're not um, honestly going to the scriptures. Yeah. They're going to other books of people who explain scriptures. Rachel the Held Evans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and that's what she does this too. Full disclosure, I haven't read any of her books, but I've seen plenty of her Twitter feed and I've read synops- synopses. Synopsises? <laughs> synopses, I think is the correct term. Uh, anyways, um, so like, I understand, at least I have an idea of where she's coming from. And um, and that's what she does. Like her first book was what? About like taking scripture literally and like sitting on top of her house. And I mean, it, it, she is she is mocking biblical interpretation because she she's attempting to make scripture look stupid by doing um, literally literalistically what it says <laughs> taking the words and saying this this is applicable exactly not taking to account the context in which it was said um so this is why i say biblical interpretation is difficult Yeesh, yeah yeah and geez i mean so at the end of all this what i also want to say is that i i feel like is not said enough is just that like I could be wrong about my theology, you know, like, (gasps) yeah, I know. Crazy. (laughs) Don't ever say that on the internet or people will jump on you. Um, But like, I don't have everything figured out. So what? Yeah. A Calvinist can't be wrong. (laughs) I guess that's why I'm not super reformed because I might not have all the answers all the time. Yeah. Um, Sorry. So um, anyone listening, we're, Probably I'm I am gonna be pretty snarky most of the time if you don't We're get that pretty already sarcastic. from this episode. Yeah. Uh yeah, I um 
I'm, I'm going to make fun of a lot of things. I'm going to make fun of things I love. I'm going to make fun of <laughs> things I hate. I'm going to make fun of all the things. <laughs> so it's just fun. Um, oh, yeah. I was just saying I don't have it all figured out. So I'm, I'm sure I'll say things wrong. I'm sure, you know, and I'm okay with that in the sense that um, I'm trying not to think too highly of myself. Sure, I'd love to be corrected, um, but Feel actually free to correct exactly. But actually corrected, not like Josh bashed. I'm just kidding. There's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm the head of the household, so you come to me first, <laughs> bro. Anyways, now I feel like I'm talking to someone else when that's not the point of this. <laughs> so yeah, good conversation. Yeah, it has been good. It's been it's been good. It has been good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I I don't know what else. Was there anything else we needed to talk about? We wanted to talk about? It's, this has already gone longer than I kind of expected. Yeah, and I really Oliver's have to Oliver's been asleep. Oh, okay. I can edit that out. <laughs> I don't care. Okay. I want to give people the honest version of ourselves. <laughs> oh yeah, we're we're very open. We are super open with each other. Like the door is open while I pee. Yeah, but I won't do that to you guys. No. I won't let y'all listen to me pee. No, and I'll stop talking about peeing. All right, bye. <laughs> no, I don't know. Do we have a? I don't know. I don't even know what the send off. Go is. talk to your spouse. Yeah, that's a good one. Go have a good conversation with your spouse. Like those things that you run up on against, run up against during the day that like catch your brain for, I don't know, five, 10 minutes that really kind of make you think whether a lot of that for me is on Facebook, but mm -hmm. yes, just stuff that pops up on my feed on my phone or something like that. Obviously there's a lot of stupid stuff, but then some things that just kind of make you think, or like you were reading something, the scripture or, or another book. And there was a line that made you think. Like capture that and just talk to your spouse about your thoughts on that. Yeah. That will start a conversation. Um, and if you do that enough, it kind of like oils the gears enough to where those types of conversations are a lot easier to have. And uh, they end up taking a long time like this one. Um, just I say awesome. a long time. I just mean, yeah, yeah. And then then you walk away and you're like, I just had a good conversation. <laughs> and we're still really good friends. And I love this. <laughs> and I love you. Yeah. So have a yeah. good conversation. Yeah. With your spouse. Any recos? Uh... <laughs> I don't know. Stupid stuff comes to mind. Like, I don't know. Honestly, I, I, I said Rachel the Held Evans. That's from another podcast called The Happy Rant, which is a great podcast. So I recommend that one. That's right. That's where I was going with I make fun of a lot of things. That podcast makes fun of a lot of things. Oh, yes. And I love it. <laughs> I even made fun of the podcast to the podcast on Twitter because they just feel like my bros because they're just <laughs> making fun of everyone and i'm sure they'll respond and make fun of me it's cool we're good yeah it shows it's a term of endearment <laughs> there you go so yeah the happy rant i don't know most of my recos are always podcasts because okay. i listen to a lot of podcasts but yeah. I don't want to recommend all my podcasts right now because I won't have there any more go. recos there left. There you go. Keep your cards close 
Keep your hand close <laughs> to the chest. What? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you, you know, keep your, yeah, that's, that's a phrase. Keep it close. You're keeping it close to the chest. That's a phrase. I've never heard of that before. Oh, well. Maybe I don't play enough cards. I guess. Go Anyways. play cards with your spouse. I don't know. Yeah, do it. You'll have fun or not, or it'll just be awkward. We actually have done that before. Yeah, it was fun. I think. I don't even know what we yes. played. It was that like 9144 game or something. I don't know. We looked up stuff on the internet. Yeah. We were like, <laughs> games in <fun>. Google. <laughs> and then we had Our another games. kid, and then it's just super difficult to yeah. do stuff like that. <laughs> we'll wait. She's only four months. We'll We'll see. Yeah. We'll see later. Um, yeah, so so that'll be our podcast reco. The first thing that came to my mind, I'll just go ahead and reco it, was music. Um, I've been getting back into Genesis. They're good. <laughs> Man, I just appreciate, I'm, I'm surprised. I've appreciated their prog stuff, like their first five albums for a while now. And now I'm branching out a little bit farther. And while I still love their prog and it's the best stuff that they do, I'm actually really impressed with uh, their pop stuff as well because they still have a little bit of that kind of going in a different direction and being a little weird, even with their super poppy, gated snare reverb, boom, chicka chicka music. (laughs) That sounded weird. I I didn't mean it like that. I just meant that it's heavy on the drum machines. Um, Yeah, so Genesis. Genesis is great. Pick up an album. Um, I suggest... um, Selling England by the Pound. That one's fantastic. But if you're looking for pop, the record that I've been listening to is We Can't Dance. Check that one out. It's great. There's a nice mockery of like a TBN. I think it's the second track. That one's a really good one. Um, and then I've also been listening to video game music because I'm kind of stocking up some music. You're a huge nerd. I'm a huge nerd. (laughs) And I've been trying to stockpile some music that I can listen to while I study because I'm planning on doing more studying. And that has to be music without lyrics so that I can concentrate. So it's been video game music and Sigur Ross, And I need to put some playlists together. Anyways, those are my recos. It's funny how when you get older, you tend to revert back to the music that you like grew up on yeah oh definitely you're really nostalgic for yeah yeah i'm totally into my dad's music but i'm weird too like i want to know i wonder if that's how ollie will be probably oh gosh yeah he'll go through like like our cd collection and just how anyone is i mean that's how i've become like i definitely don't listen to music as often as you do but like when i do it's like i don't know my my uh I think my most listened to Pandora stations right now are like my Jimmy World station. And um, you're not going to say yeah for this one, but like 90s country music. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. And like 90s and early 2000s, like pop and stuff. Yeah, just stuff that I grew up on. Yeah. That I I wouldn't necessarily say, except for Jimmy. I love Jimmy World. I think that they're good. I wouldn't necessarily say that 90s country music or 90s pop is good music, but I like it because it's yeah. nostalgic. Mm-hmm. So, And I put up with it because I love you. <laughs> wow, I also don't really listen to it while you're around. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that makes it easier. Just like when I feel like listening to metal. I exactly. don't generally play Norma Jean through the speakers. Thank you. Yeah. 
So we find this middle ground of like Genesis and like the weird <laughs> stuff. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. Those are recos. So, so have fun with them. Yeah. And we'll, you'll hear from us later because I don't think we'll hear you guys. <laughs> Love you, Josh. Love you too, Sam. Samantha. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. bye. I wasn't recording. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby. Yo, Stacy. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby.